Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Athlete Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Belisha Tang. This week on episode 16 of the podcast, we have Pamela Tang, a former competitive rhythmic gymnast who competed from ages 10 to 21 and made level 10 elite before transitioning to coaching full-time, and she's now the head coach at Tampa Bay Rhythmics. In this interview, Pamela discusses how her positive experiences in the sport have informed her coaching philosophy. She advocates for a safe, nurturing, and positive coaching method to shape not only high-performing athletes, but holistic, well-adjusted human beings. Everybody, please welcome to the podcast, Pamela Tang. Good. I couldn't help but notice we have the same last name. Oh my gosh. I was going to point that out too. It's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Such a coincidence. Oh my gosh. By the way, I'm so sorry. My voice is a little scratchy. I have COVID right now. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I, yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story. Thank you for hopping on Athlete Voices. Um, I actually interviewed Erica Dermesropian a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And she recommended, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yes. She recommended that I talk to you about Rhythmic and told me you had a cool story and great perspective. So I'm really excited for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, um, we did camp together, and then uh, we were friends for a long time while we were competing. But That's awesome. Yeah, I have a. I mean, I think it's interesting, but yeah, I'm kind of like born and raised, raised in my gym. I never left, and then wow. I'm head coach now. So wow, I've been coaching. I was coaching while I was competing. Oh wow, I did that. Yeah, I did that for um, while I was 16 up until 21. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided to coach full time due to like injuries and mm-hmm. da 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 da. And Very it was cool. it was really hard trying to compete and coach and live on my own and do college. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. wow. Doing everything at once—that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. Yeah, and yeah. I, I kind of told myself like, if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it full out. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to put my heart and soul into it. And if I couldn't put the time and effort into it then I didn't want to compete because knowing that I wouldn't be able to put in, you know, that time, I I knew I wouldn't be able to get the results I wanted. So it wasn't worth it to me. Yeah. So I love coaching. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's completely different, (laughs) but I love it. I want to hear more about being a gymnast versus a coach, your kind of coaching philosophy and, um, but before we go there, let's backtrack um, to just how you got started in Rhythmic. What age did you get started? Uh, you said you grew up in the same gym as you are now yeah. coaching. Wow, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Yes. I never left. Um, so I was 10 years old when I started gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I started artistic artistic gymnastics. Oh, no way. And... I did too. That was my yeah, story I too. Like, I feel like everyone kind of dabbles into yeah. the artistic side and right. you don't really realize you know, there's so much, so many different other gymnastics out there. Yeah. You know, you have like acro, you have trampoline, you got so much tumble and track. Yeah. So there's so much out there. And um, at the time, my artistic gym, they had rhythmic, our rhythmic program going on. Mm-hmm. But it was like um, Tampa Bay Rhythmics was just renting the space. So it was got just it. separate, separate company. Mm-hmm. And um 
the, every Friday they would have like open gym at the artistic place and you could just pay like $10 and like do whatever you really want. Basically. Mm-hmm. And um, all the time though, I would always watch the rhythmic program and I was so intrigued and they were so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And one day uh, a coach came up to me in the bathroom and she was like, I've seen you stretching a couple times, you know, uh, have you ever tried rhythmic uh, before? And I was like, you know what? Like, sure. Why not? So I tried it and she stretched me and she was like, wow, you're so flexible. And she was like, let's, let's try it. Yeah. Okay, sure. (laughs) And so there it was, I tried it and I was like, um, it it was, it was really natural for me. Like it was very easy to be elegant and point my feet and mm-hmm. like that was really easy for me like artistic was really hard I couldn't yeah. I couldn't use my upper body strength like it just it wasn't natural yeah but yeah this was really natural Appreciate. and honestly at 10 years old that's actually pretty old to start rhythmic mm-hmm. um you know you you say that but it's actually true and mm-hmm. I was level five and so then i i won my first junior olympics in level five so on then your first I year level wow seven. oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh wow yeah Congrats. It was, and I, I didn't even know what i was doing it was just like <laughs> i just loved it so much i loved competing mm. i loved i loved performing i didn't even care about winning it was just i loved being in front of people like i truly yeah. love it and so i skipped to level seven and then i went to level nine and then level 10 and then wow. just competed until I couldn't anymore. After level 10, really, um, when I, I was 16, when I made level 10 and um, that was my goal, like Olympics was never really, I mean, I know there's people out there that have mm-hmm. that huge dream of making the Olympics and, you know, whatever. But like, for me, it was just making level 10. I was being realistic with myself. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I made it and after that I was just like you know what I'm just gonna keep going until I couldn't anymore I just want to mm-hmm. see where I can keep going with this and I love it so much why not just keep going so right. my parents supported me my coach supported me and honestly after I hit 18 something clicked and I was such a better gymnast after 18 years old wow. like I always tell people to try and stay in the sport until at least 18 because yeah. you you're you have such a different mentality you have such a different like view of it It, it's completely Mm -hmm. different sport once it clicks with the mental side like everyone physically can get somewhere we can all get stretched to a certain point we can all you know like Mm -hmm. we can work on a skill and and over and over and again but to be able to click with it like with Mm -hmm. the sport is is completely different and that's what I always tell my kids I'm like you have to see it in more of a mental aspect versus like Mm -hmm. when you're level nine level 10 like there's only so much your body can do you know right because you're older older. yeah Yeah. exactly and like you don't want to injure yourself it's okay if you can do you can't do this or you can do that it's fine Mm -hmm. but once you you know you start to develop that mental side it's completely different that's so cool uh tell me more about that phenomenon of clicking you call it clicking your physical mental just kind of fusing together and working together where tell me more about that what does that look like um so for me it was more like a lot of like listening to my body and being able to see honestly like slowing it down really like for if I wasn't able to catch a toss like 
instead of getting frustrated and listening to my emotional side mm-hmm. and yes, like it would be backwards or it'd be forward, whatever. But like, I would really have to figure out step by step what was really wrong with either the role or the toss itself. And like being able to see it from that perspective of you made one slight right step or being able to say you toss 10 degrees too much to the left Mm -hmm. like that makes a huge difference and yes your coach can tell you so much but at the end of the day you're the gymnast and Mm -hmm. you're doing it and being able to see it from that perspective makes you a better gymnast or you know you feel like you're about to drop you make a smarter decision because you can feel that feeling coming on you have Mm -hmm. that connection with the apparatus or realizing before you start your role that your toss is too far you you realize too Mm -hmm. you know like a little bit earlier because you have that connection with the apparatus yeah um and also like I really enjoyed like I said performing and I still do like I love performing I'll still do galas if I can that's awesome performing for me was like a huge thing like I could do a bad routine but I loved being able to perform, like, to show everyone my passion, to tell my story, like, to be able to create a character through my movements and my apparatus. Like, that's really what I love, too. Wow. Are you also a dancer, trained as a dancer? Um, no. I mean, I'm a person, I'm a certified personal trainer, but Mm -hmm. I just, like, since I coach, um, I just do galas with my girls um, a couple times. Uh, I had a couple of like Chinese organizations asking me to perform for Chinese New Year's mm-hmm. and Chinese like Lunar New Year. But um, after COVID, things kind of slowed down. But I was doing like some performances here and there just because I still love to do it. For sure. No, you know, I just I just it, asked. It wasn't cause... about anything, just to perform. Yeah. No, you sound exactly like a dancer because I'm a dancer. I switched from rhythmic oh. to dance and wow. it's really about the performing and connecting with the music and audience and expressing yeah. yourself through yeah, the like, movement. Always, yeah. So you just, sound like, like a dancer. My, yeah, I'm like I tell my kids, I'm like, you like I understand you can make mistakes with apparatus, but you can control your face and your yes. movement, like, you know, like, you should be able to walk up the floor being like, oh, I did all of those face movements, I did all my dance steps, like, yes. that you can do, you know? Right. So, like, being able to control things like that is being able to connect as well. Because you know what you can control, and you know what you can't. You have to be realistic. Yes. You have to have expectations, goals, realistic goals, right. realistic expectations. I love the emphasis on realistic because I think that's something that's overlooked sometimes when you are oh, yeah. like not just an athlete in life, right? And when you're oh, a kid, yes. they teach you dream big, like nothing's impossible, which it's encouraging <laughs> to hear that. And then you get yeah. kind of that reality check as you get older, which is not always a bad thing, right? right. So talk to me right. about your philosophy, I guess, as a gymnast and also now as a coach how what kind of goals you set for yourself and what kind of goals you lay out for your athletes um so for goal wise I really try to play I I want them to understand their strengths and what they are capable of and to really admire I mean just like use what they have in themselves like every single gymnast just like every single person is unique and what they bring to the floor or what they bring to the table is 
difference. Mm -hmm. And I want all of my gymnasts to always be able to bring to the carpet something memorable. Like I want them to stand out. So I always tell them like, when you go on, go and compete, just do what you can do and just make sure you walk off being able to give it your all. Mm -hmm. Like that's number one. And you have to practice like that. That's number two. Mm. Being able to practice how you compete makes a huge difference with any sport, honestly. Yeah. Like, you have to play. I mean, I, I don't want to say it like this, but in the mindset, you have to play to win mm -hmm. because that is, like, the drive that you need every day. Every day when you go to practice, what is the goal? To be better than what you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not to, like, you know, whatever. Catch three in a row, fine. Do five turns, okay. But honestly, every day, realistically, just try to be better than what you did yesterday. Yeah. You don't want to be making the same mistakes every day. So every day, like, I have a lot of kids that are going through puberty mm -hmm. and, you know, like, a lot of them are starting high school and they were homeschooled for a while. So it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. And so they get very emotional. And I tell them, I'm like, you have to just, you can't be perfect. That's not realistic. Right. And I was, I never... Honestly, I never cry during practice. I probably cried once in my, like, 11 years of training. Probably <laughs> wow. once. And that was because I injured myself. That's so, impressive. So, like, I never, I, I really never let the emotional side get to me. Yeah. And so I really try to teach my kids to control that and when to be emotional and when to, like, keep it down. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, like I said, like, physically, we can all get somewhere one day, like, We can all set goals physically, of course. Those mm -hmm. are, you know, whatever. But to be able to just <clears throat> every day better yourself is the goal for practice yeah. every day. And just every competition, same thing. Mm -hmm. Be better than what you did last time. It's not mm -hmm. about catching. It's not about being perfect. That's not realistic. If they were perfect, they would be Olympic champions. Yeah. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's. You would be an Olympic champion. You wouldn't have to come to practice because you're perfect. Right. But it's not. And so I really want them to learn that lesson in gymnastics and also in life. Yeah. Like me, myself, like as a coach, okay, I come home. What can I do tomorrow to be a better coach? How can I myself be a better coach? Like I am always trying to better myself as well. Absolutely. Because in order to be have good gymnasts you have to be a good coach as well and I think like you have to as a coach you have to recognize that there you can always be better as well there's always more information there's always mm. more things more research that you can learn yeah <clears throat> there's always things that you can do to you know better yourself better your gymnast right so yeah every day is just trying to be a little bit better than what you did yesterday Even if it's just so, incremental improvement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's a little bit, little by little. And then we'll see the results in one month. You know, it's okay. Yeah. We'll see it at the next competition. But it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be within a week. But it'll come. Right. And that's okay. Yes. At the end of the day, as long as you see the progress and I, as a coach, see the progress, then that's it. But I really try to keep them as well. Um, passionate about the sport mm -hmm. I want them to love the sport when they walk away I want them to you know 
want to come back and visit the gym, yeah. keep in touch because especially in rhythmic gymnastics, I feel like a lot of ath- or a lot of gymnasts walk away just hating the sport, yeah. hating the coaches. Yeah. It's it's really sad. So I really want to keep my kids passionate. I want them to show their passion when they compete. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my gymnasts, you know, they help out on the side. They love to coach too. So it's really admiring to see that as well. Totally. I love, I just love your coaching philosophy of fostering (laughs) passion. And yeah, like, you're absolutely right in that a lot of gymnasts walk away from the sport very disillusioned because they Mm -hmm. didn't, they didn't have good experiences. It it was toxic. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. let's talk about that because it is still a big issue. Uh, Mental health in sport, especially in rhythmic gymnastics. Let's focus on that. Why, where are some of the pitfalls? Why do girls have bad experiences? Um, I believe because they just, there's a lot of comparison. And also, the top elite gymnasts are going to have that same figure. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I mean, in all reality, like, they're going to look that, rhythmic gymnastics they're going to have the beautiful rhythmic gymnastics figure Mm -hmm. the beautiful rhythmic gymnastics lines like they're going to be the ideal gymnast and they are amazing like that's what it does it does take that like they do have what it takes don't get me wrong but it is changing a lot Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of coaches are trying to keep that motivation that positivity in the gym I mean don't get me wrong there's so much of it out there but we are trying to change it and every time I talk to coaches I'm always trying to show how much positivity really works yeah. I mean, yes you have to be a coach and do your job at the end of the day but some things you can say differently or you know you can make the gymnast feel different about mm-hmm. how they messed up but I also believe it's just the way they talk to the gymnast. I mean, mm-hmm. they truly just undermine. They make them feel very, very just it's shallow sometimes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't speak Russian, but I Me know either. that like a lot of times in Russian, there are like words being said mm-hmm. that a lot of, you know, Americans don't understand. It's, it's not nice words, and I've yeah. heard it personally. I Like, my gymnast, we used to have a Russian coach, and a couple of my gymnasts, you know, they come up and told me things. So, like, I know firsthand that it does happen. Yeah. But, and, and I've had it happen to me when I was a gymnast as well. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I mean, it wasn't specifically, but I would see that, like, you know, I was heavier. I needed to lose weight, mm-hmm. you know, not because anyone said anything to me. Like, my coach was amazing she never made me feel bad about myself but in my mind I knew that like if I wasn't going to lose the weight I wasn't going to get the scores mm-hmm. I wasn't going to place because there's better people out there they're not going to give it to you there's better people out there there's yeah. always better people out there at the end of the day and if you want to be the best you have to try to fit in right. to be the best and the fact yeah. is that those girls those are your top elite girls in the whole world and they do look very very 
similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's changing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, it's changing a lot. But that is the normal. I mean, when you think rhythmic gymnastics, what do you think of? You know, small, I think of ballet, girls, like balletic right? lines. Um, right. You right. Know, smaller and thin. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to have a coach who um, moved away to Germany and her coach got banned from the U.S. for coaching. She oh. was abusive. Like she literally would just make sure that she would count the grains of rice that they would eat oh and God. just like weigh them like every practice and wow. not let them have water what? and stuff like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's, that's the kind of abuse that I'm talking about. Like it's not, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be like, it's stuff like that or, yeah. you know, they just undermine outrageous. you, they call you stupid, Ugh. they call you dumb and when you're getting called those things as, as a child, oh my uh, constantly, every day, like from oh the ages gosh. of 8 to 16, when you're developing, you're going to think you're stupid, fat, dumb, ugly, you know? After all those years of yeah. being called that every day, of course you're going to believe that. So you cannot say those things to a developing child. If you want that child to be you know, like a flower, you have to help it grow. You have to give it love. You have to give it water. You have Mm -hmm. to give it nutrients. You can't just trample on the flower, right? Every (laughs) day. (laughs) It's going to die. Right. So that is the mentality. These coaches think that yelling, you know, conditioning, this and that and whatever, that's going to make an amazing gymnast. I mean, sure. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she's going to do some something amazing, of mm-hmm. course, but she's not going to walk away loving the sport. Yeah. She's going to be trampled inside. She's yeah. not going to bloom. You know, she's Into a hurting a girl, actually. Yeah. And so you see a big difference also in the relationship between these coaches and their gymnasts when these coaches are very stern and they have that mentality the abusive mentality you can tell their relationship with their gymnast is very it's just very dry they're very cold you know it's very it's just orders Mm -hmm. it's like commands Mm -hmm. you know you're not it's not a coach you don't they don't look up to them they don't admire them your coach doesn't inspire them it's it's a completely different relationship and you can see it so it makes a big difference yeah, there's so much to unpack there. I think, first of all, with the body image stuff, I I think it's still really prevalent, this, this idea of you have to conform to a certain body type to be a strong competitor. Would you right. say that let's take two gymnasts and they have comparable skill levels, and one is a little bit bigger than the other, would you say that that would affect their placement in competition? Is Honestly, it kind of that it depends. Road? It really depends. It depends. Because yeah. now the new rules, like that gymnast who is a little bit, you know, heavier or not as clean, hmm. she could have amazing expression. She could be super handy with her apparatus. Mm-hmm. And she might actually you know it 
at the end of the day, if you do what you do, the judges can't take away your points. Right. Like, yes, they can, you know, do so much. But if you don't give them anything to take away, they can't take it away. Exactly. And that's also what I tell my kids. Like, you, of course, are going to see that better person out there. But if you just go out there and do what you need to do and the judges can't take them away, you can't. You're going to have to get the points. Right. You did what you needed to do. So that is like, you know, I can say, yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to fight for that little bit heavier girl because she might have amazing artistry. She might mm-hmm. have a little bit better handling. You never know. Right. Because now it's, it's, I have a gymnast who is a little bit, you know, she doesn't fit in the norm. She's African-American. She's actually starting mm. the University of Tampa in January. and. Wow. She is a level nine and she is a little bit not she's heavier. She used to be a track athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was a track athlete for a little bit as well, but she is just not your normal rhythmic gym, gymnast at all. Like she cannot do panche. She can't do any of that flexible stuff, but her jumps are amazing wow. because her leg strength and she can do five side turns wow. because she can hold her leg up there, you know? So we played to her strengths and she actually got third on hoop last uh, three weeks ago in Miami. Oh my so, gosh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and she was a couple years ago before she was getting last place mm-hmm. and slowly she started to realize what her strengths were. And she realized that I can do what I can do. And now mm. she's getting third place. I mean, she's Amazing. trying to make level 10 this year. So Wow. You never know what you can do. <clears throat> Truly. You can only so I'm control. Still fight for that girl. <laughs> That's amazing. And you can only yeah. control what you can control. You know, and exactly. rhythmic yeah. is a subjective aesthetic sport. So the way you look, the way you present yourself is a factor. Exactly. It is a factor. Yes. But yes. sometimes you you can't control how the judges perceive you or your body type. It's like you, but Absolutely you not. can control your skills, your handling, your elements, yes. your technique, yes. your expression. Absolutely. You that's yes. what you want to focus on. Yeah. Absolutely, and just at the end of the day, you know, you can't can't control what other gymnasts do as well. So you just right. have to focus on yourself. And I feel like that's a really big big thing that you learn in level nine as you get older and you can't you know you you learn what skills you can do and you learn your body but you can always grow your mind and mentality more so that's always what I try and tell my girls as well that you can never stop growing mentally Mm -hmm. but as a gymnast and that's that's a really big thing and I learned so much mentally when I became a coach and I started doing um when I was still competing Mm -hmm. and coaching because I would literally have to be at a competition and put my kids on and work for a couple hours. And then at like 8 o'clock at night, go compete until oh. 10 o'clock at night. So Tell me about that juggling, literal juggling. No, that was probably, it was so hard, but it was definitely worth it. Um, on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, I would train normally. Um, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would work. And actually, I would train in the afternoon, so I would leave school early. Mm-hmm. I would come train in the afternoon, and then I would work and then train again at night. And during mm-hmm. competitions, just like I would said, I would sometimes 
you know, put my kids on, they would compete, and then I would go back to the hotel, take a quick nap, get ready, and put myself on, and go compete myself. Wow. But, yeah, it was definitely really hard. (laughs) Definitely something not many people do, I can tell you that. Um, Yeah. But it was, I wanted to do it, I just loved coaching. Like, I just wanted to give the kids what I had, you know, I wanted to fill them with my knowledge and yeah. just give my passion to them. So I knew that I, I wanted to coach at such a young age mm-hmm. and I've been coaching since I was 15 and now I'm 26. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. That's um, such a beautiful but, thing to witness. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. A long time. And it I've grown as well. It's helped me grow to, you know, such a different person as well. And I honestly have no idea what I would do if I wasn't coaching. It's your calling. That is, yeah, it's a huge passion. And I yeah. just, I love it so much. I love being able to teach kids about themselves. I love being able to, you know, give them something to take away from gymnastics in the future. Yeah. So it was great, though. I loved it so much. That's beautiful. So fun. Yeah. And earlier, earlier, you mentioned that as a coach, you have to continue bettering yourself as well. Um, you have mm-hmm. to keep advancing your skills and what mm-hmm. are some, are there, you know, workshops you go to camps you go to, uh, as a coach to help um, improve so your skills? USA Gymnastics does have a couple of camps, mm-hmm. um, that they would put out during, you know, like for the gymnasts, but mm-hmm. during those camps, like you would be able to talk to either sports psychologist or physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of the times you can ask them questions and that's like a lot of where I learned my, you know, sports psychology from. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. We also bring in a psychologist for our gymnast. Uh, uh, she's a, a teen psychologist and mm-hmm. she'll talk to them um, in a group, you know, about any anxiety. We brought her in during COVID because mm-hmm. the girls for anxiety during competition yeah so we brought her in and I learned a lot from her as well but um my fiance is also he's a, a hockey coach for the oh. lightning oh, so wow. he yeah so he has been playing hockey for a really long time but um he also gives me like amazing insight because it's amazing to hear how just because you have such two different sports, mm-hmm. I mean, the mentality is still the same. Right. So being able to talk to someone who works in a group environment, it, it was also like really helpful as well. But mm-hmm. there is so much, you know, you can always research. I actually did watch a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. just about um, sports in general, sports psychology, and also about kids yeah how kids in sports develop and mentally how it affects them yeah um and also like the difference between kids who are in sports versus kids who aren't in sports Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean I try and research all the time I mean I got my personal training license certificate so that I could be more educated in the body Mm -hmm. like actually And that was amazing. I love learning about that. Um, That has helped a lot. I always research any time, like injury-wise. I take injuries really seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but like that I always research. So I'm always trying to continually educate myself. I think it's so important to better yourself always. Absolutely. Even, you know, not as a coach, but as a person. As a person. So I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Have you read the book by John Wooden? I don't, I recall the title. It's his seven, seven pillars of coaching philosophy or something like that. Um, um, I haven't, but I've yeah, heard about it. You should I, check I should it out. It. Yeah. Yes, I will. Thank the, you so much. I'll course. definitely check it out. Yeah. I actually studied a semester of sports psychology um, at San Jose oh, State. Awesome. Yeah, but I eventually dropped out to become a dancer. <laughs> but oh, okay. um, I mean, whatever. Passion is passion. Passion's passion. Yeah. But yes. I did learn yes. a little bit from there. Um, yeah, no, that's great that you're you're trying to better yourself as a coach to continue giving back to your gymnasts, and mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so going back to your journey, so you talk mm-hmm. about your swift ascent up gymnastics. Mm-hmm. You started level five, mm-hmm. won Junior Olympics that same year you began, which is mind-blowing mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> um skip level six went to level seven competed and then skip level mm-hmm. eight went straight to nine and then made level 10 oh i did go to level eight I did you did go level, level eight, eight. Level okay eight. Yes. got it and then i went to level nine i did level nine for three years mm-hmm. and then i made it made it to level 10 yay yes and, and for- honestly mm-hmm. i was a I was being a bad teenager. I was rebelling. I'll be honest. I mean, and and I tell my kids that too. Like, I did the whole crazy teenager phase. Like, I remember I would have practice at 9 a.m. And I would literally be out, like, partying till 4 a.m. So, I did it all. Yeah. And and I can honestly say, like, I wish I wouldn't have spent those years, like, wasted. You know, you're, you're not really missing anything when you miss practice when you go to those football games like mm-hmm. you think you're missing stuff but you're really not so yeah. yeah I do regret that as well but hey we all go through that like I went yes. through my yes. rebellious phase a little bit later in college <laughs> um yeah. but we, we all, all go through it it's part of life it's part of life you have yes, to kind of let go sure. a little bit to yes come back because if you live your life in such a disciplined way all the time and you don't know anything else I think there's always going to be that point you hit uh where you're like wait is there more to life than this and you're seeing things around you yeah I discovered it you know when I was younger and I think doing it like in college and high school, that's when you need to do it. Because I still know a couple people still doing it. Like, ah, time to grow up. But yeah, no, you, right. you have to go through it. It's just like a phase, you know. It's, it's just phase. part of life, really. Yeah, and what would you say to your gymnasts who may be going through a similar phase and struggling a bit on just navigating that? Um. I would tell them that, you know, you have to do what you you have to do. But at the end of the day, like, you don't want to regret anything. So if quitting gymnastics and being with your friends, like, in the future, in two, three years from now, if you regret quitting gymnastics, then just don't even quit. Just honestly, just wait. Because once you quit gymnastics – there's a 99% chance that you're never going to come back. Right. So it's hard. Honestly, just wait. 
because yeah. you're going to regret it. Seriously. Yeah. And even if, let's say, your experience in gymnastics was not the most positive, I think in some cases, quitting could be beneficial for one's health. Oh, um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and I truly, yeah. I really hope that if there are people out there that are, you know, they are going through a abusive coaching relationship. I hope they do get out because that is so damaging. And the yeah. long-term effects of that is not worth it. It's not. That is yeah. not worth your mental health at the end of the day. Mental health is so much more important. Totally. So it's it really is. I truly believe that. I just lost my grandpa too suicide back in october so oh my gosh i'm so sorry yeah. no it's, oh it's my okay goodness. so i truly believe mental health is is so important and to teach that into kids i mean to teens as well that they have the right to believe in mental health and i mean there's a limit you can't have the boy who cried wolf right but right it is out there of course you yeah. know you can't can't not believe it yeah, and I like the analogy you used earlier about the flower, how when you are, a child mm-hmm. is a flower, and you have to help that flower bloom, and if you're trampling all over it and destroying their mental health, for what? For achievements mm-hmm. in gymnastics, which, exactly. yes, important. For, for a couple gold medals. For a couple yeah. gold medals that, you exactly. know, end up collecting dust yeah. later. Seriously, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? Seriously, it's not worth it, like. It's not worth it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's mm-hmm. so sad for a child that Rhythmics was ruined because of that person, because of that coach. That right. beautiful sport, you know, is ruined because of how this person treated them. Yeah. That is just so sad to me. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Um, it is. It is so heartbreaking. And, and that's why we Children need... don't deserve it. They don't. Yeah. They didn't ask... A lot of it's not no. even in their control, right? And it's yes. they're yeah. very lucky if they do get a coach like you who is committed <laughs> and passionate but also recognizes the human underneath the athlete exactly. and is right. equally committed to nurturing that side as well. I think yeah. we need more coaches out there like you, Pamela. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, I'm I mean, serious. I, I believe like I spend like as a coach – I have a couple of gymnasts. I spend six hours, you know, I was spending six to eight hours a day with them. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, wow, I'm spending more time than their own parents. Yeah. Spending with them. So, yeah. you know, I have to, whatever I'm doing, they have to, you know, learn as well. So if I'm just constantly abusing them, like what kind of, no child is going to want to spend no. that amount of time with anyone, you know? So right. for to be able to want make them want to practice you have to just keep that passion in them you have to keep that love Absolutely. because at the end of the day like they are the ones on the carpet you know i do my job in the gym but they're really the ones performing out there and right. they have to rely on themselves so making sure that we create a gymnast that loves what she's doing and wants to do it mm-hmm. is is what we need to do. We need to create yeah. those gymnasts, those kind of gymnasts. Absolutely. I think when it comes to abusive coaching, I think a lot of it is when the coach 
is maybe too invested or maybe wants it more than the gymnast and is trying to beat the results out of them. And I think coaches have a lot of pressure in some ways. And you you tell me if this is your experience, right? It's like you want your gymnast to do well, obviously, because they want to do well. You want to help them reach their goals. But also it's your job as a coach to to get results for them to show the results right right? as credibility and or if if you're at a national team level coach well hello that's like that's like you're representing the country you know right that's no it's it's definitely true yeah yes don't get me wrong like those coaches have a way different duty to you know uphold but i think like also it's at the end of the day like i said like they will get there and to have parents that are understanding as well mm. because that is a big part of the job as well obviously yeah. um yeah. the parents to get them to understand is um another thing but you know at the end of the day those kids will get the results when they get it yeah and i truly believe like i know my kids i believe in my kids And that's, like, another thing. You have to show your coaches – as a coach, you have to show that you believe in your gymnast because if you don't believe in them, how are they going to believe in themselves? I mean, that's crazy, you know? That's so hard. To ask a child to believe in themselves when you don't even believe in them is really, really difficult. Yeah. So I really try to just show that, like, I believe that they can do it, that they can do this routine. I know that they can do it. And also, I – as a coach, I put – realistic things in my gymnast's routines and mm-hmm. I try to make them do realistic things like there's coaches out there putting crazy things out there you know and these gymnasts suffer and it's not even worth it so mm-hmm. makes makes the gymnast frustrated makes the coach frustrated so you have to be a realistic coach and put realistic things mm-hmm. and have realistic expectations that's all yeah. like I, you know, I can't say that because I'm not a national team coach. I don't have, I'm not going out of the country to represent USA. But when I go to competitions, like, I do believe in my gymnasts. And if they mess up, like, that's understandable they mess up. I mean, sometimes, yes, there's mistakes that shouldn't be there. But at the end of the day, like, they're human. And batting on the kids and telling them when they get off the floor what, what mistakes they made is also, like, something I try to avoid Hmm. because... They know what mistakes they make. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. You don't need to embarrass them on top of it. Right. So, like, I try – I'm not going to say, like, that was amazing, you know, you're so awesome, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make them feel better and tell them realistic things, you know. Right. So I I try to have – and set up the parents also for realistic expectations. Like, every year we have – yeah, we have meetings and we'll talk to them and – you know, what, what goals and also school, because some parents mm-hmm. are just really invested in school and not rhythmic. So mm-hmm. realistically, like what, what expectations do you have? So yeah, just being realistic and also just working with the gymnasts and the parents is a big thing. Yeah. But I also feel like some coaches get frustrated because they just want to coach in one certain way. Mm-hmm. versus I believe that every child should kind of you have to coach them in a little bit different way because I every agree. child is unique and different you know you have to some children can learn by you just speaking to them 
Mm-hmm. And some kids are visual learners. Some kids are physical. Some kids are, you literally have to do it with them a million times. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And some coaches just want to coach one way. And that's also really hard as well. Coaches don't want to adapt. Yeah, when they're not flexible in the way they coach Mm -hmm. and they're just like, oh, I'm going to coach the way I was coached. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's almost an easier way of coaching rather than figuring out the individual needs of your kids. Um, Right. Yeah, right. it takes work, but I, I think it's worth it. It does. It does. It does take like a lot of work, and it's it's different. Like I like you said, I try and figure out every kid. Like you know, at the age of like when they're level four, I'll try and start conversing with them. I try and find out their personality, mm-hmm. um, just so I know what I can do, what I you know in the future. So I believe that's like something that needs to change as well. Yeah. Coaches need to be able to adapt to the gymnast because not every gymnast is the same. Come on. We're not robots. (laughs) We're not robots. Yeah. I think that's almost like a misconception. People think athletes are robots um, because they can do these crazy feats with their bodies. And at the high level, they can do it consistently. And because of what we see, it's like, oh, they're robots. They must be robots, you know, but it's like, no, we're human. We ask a lot from our kids, you know, it's, it's a lot. You're asking for them to come, come from after school, eight hours of school to Mm -hmm. practice some more, you know, so you're asking a lot from a kid. So I always tell them like, if they need to eat a snack, like, that's okay as well. Of yeah. course, like, be healthy. Don't bring a Twix bar to practice. Right, right. But, like, eating, like, feeding your body physically, that's so important to feed it healthy things. Mm-hmm. And also your mind, like, to make sure, like, in my opinion, food is, you need food. Mm-hmm. So, I always tell my gymnasts, like, try to eat. You always should be eating healthy. Like, feed your brain, feed your body. Yeah. So that's a huge thing for me as well, especially after um, my personal training certificate. I really learned so much about how much nutrients help you develop and how much it helps your muscles and body recover as well. Right. So, I mean, it's so important. It's so important. (laughs) Nutrients, getting the right nutrients to feed your body. And that's like, that is like a a huge uh, fab that um, rhythmic gymnasts think like not to eat you know oh god and that's that's completely wrong Unhealthy. it's so wrong and i think that's like something that needs to change as well that needs to be yeah. talked about way more the benefits of food and how like you know right. how much it helps our body and how much our bodies need it it's not something that's, to be afraid of no it's, it's exactly. crazy you can't it's, be afraid of it. yeah like i i heard stories of those top Russian gymnast like Alina Kabaeva eating Mm -hmm. like an apple a day like or not drinking water for three days like Victoria's Secret diets yeah forget about those rhythmic gymnast diets okay (laughs) (laughs) but I I hear that I'm like how the heck is that sustainable like how did they do that I I remember I have um a friend and she was on the like Russian junior national team. And she used to tell me like she would wake up in the middle of the night and sneak bread into her room. Like she was so hungry. So just like that aspect is so, 
so sad. Like, we're not, these children are not prisoners. They're not, you know, <laughs> they're not soldiers. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not here to punish them. I mean, no. so just that mentality of like food and it's, it's okay to eat. It's yeah. good for you. I think that is something that should change. But, right. you know, it's, it's getting there. It's really getting there. And I think that's awesome. They're really trying to enforce a lot of positivity into rhythmics now. I mean, at least USA is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're doing a really good job of trying to enforce positivity. That's great. And since mm-hmm. you're obviously still in the sport as a coach, you can see that firsthand. Like I'm yes, hearing the yes. gymnasts I interview who are still connected in rhythmic, they, they're they saying the same mm-hmm. thing. Like there is positive change in the world, but obviously mm-hmm. there's always going to be more needed. Um, it's not, this right. is not an overnight right. shift that can happen. Right, um, right. And I think it's also so amazing. Like um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, athletes coming back into gymnastics like mm-hmm. serena Liu and serena yeah other yeah mm-hmm. she's amazing. amazing like she is putting a huge like example perspective, different perspective on rhythmics right. right and it's amazing to see that and it's amazing for the girls to have someone who's so you know old <laughs> quote-unquote old <laughs> old yeah um compete and just like at a high a level team member oh yeah. yeah and have a full-time job yeah and, and living on yeah. her own it's like Seriously. she didn't drop I mean, her life to do this you know she's, yeah like she is literally wonder woman she she's wears wonder her woman. medal wears her award <laughs> yeah she's, she's incredible amazing yeah great example so to everyone people yeah so people like that like that's amazing and yeah. i think it's so awesome that she is making her a huge comeback and usa gymnastics is putting a huge spotlight for her yeah and i'm so happy for her and it's it's a great story it should be highlighted i wish Absolutely. more gymnasts are or ex-gymnasts are inspired you know i would love to come back if my hip and shoulder weren't going to break off but <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, I still, that's the passion for me though right, so it's right. it's nice to see that passion still in people and that and happy. that passion um helping them overcome fear surrounding yes. these stereotypes of i'm too old yes. to be doing this it's like exactly. no i'm gonna do it anyway because i yeah. love it and i want to see what can come of this and i'm gonna regret exactly. it if i don't get yeah. a shot so yeah and just to follow your to dreams her. and like yeah. who cares what happens who like, cares yeah just do it <laughs> You know, you only have one chance, one life. Yeah. You might as well live it. I believe that too. So would you say that your overall experience as a gymnast was a net positive? Um, yeah, my coach was super amazing. Like she awesome. was she still is. She was uh, always a firm believer in like positivity and she I was the one to push myself. Like if mm-hmm. anything ever, like it was always me pushing myself I'm I'm a very uh competitive person Mm -hmm. so like that's just me that's my personality I'm just like fire when I practice Mm -hmm. so um but yeah she like was able to always for me I would always uh emotionally instead of getting like frustrated like for me it was too much anger Mm. and so I would get like angry at myself and she really 
helped me learn how to turn that emotion into like when I competed, I would, that's how I would focus is to literally just get angry at myself. That's what I needed. Mm -hmm. So she was always really good at helping me find myself and Mm -hmm. find my strengths. She's an amazing, loving person. And, um, before I started doing gymnastics, we moved into a neighborhood. And after we moved, after I started gymnastics, I found out that we live like five houses down from each other no way so she really be yeah so she really became like my second mom wow she would take me like every day to practice back Aww. home she would literally just like take me to every competition so That's so special yeah she was literally like my mom my second mom wow so are yeah, you still in touch a very with her? very close relationship yeah that's so great. i feel like that's also a, played a big role in how i coach that like mother nurturing side and just mm-hmm. like that aspect because she did it and we had such an amazing and close relationship we still do that's and wonderful. so that relationship yeah. is it, it's taught me so much on how to coach yeah and how to how to give love to them versus just beating you know, them up hate and yeah. just yeah really taught me so much and I'm so thankful for her she's an amazing coach amazing person yeah that's wonderful I'm and talk about relationships with coach and how some like athletes you mentioned earlier don't want to talk to their coach ever again after leaving the sport right have damaged Um, frayed relationships like that's on the other end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. you know there are like um and I when I was competing like there would be athletes like they they would do things in their competition routines out of spite to their coaches. Like, they would literally mess up in spite of their coach. Oh, wow. So, like, there was relationships. Yeah. Wow. There was relationships like that out there where, you know, gymnasts literally just wanted to infuriate their coaches and mess oh, up. Wow. And purposely not get, you know. Like, yeah. there are still athletes out there who don't even want to look at their coach mm. they they don't even want to speak to them they damage them so badly um i have a friend who her coach she was bulimic and um she was only like 14 at the time and she doesn't she had to go to therapy uh her mom like tried to sue the coach this Mm. and that and there's so many stories like that yeah that people just it's so sad because how can you let a relationship like that you know how can you get to that point right or how do you not notice your gymnast is throwing up after every meal and not eating and do Um, they at the at that point it's like maybe they even promote those toxic behaviors because either they themselves did it and was taught that way uh so the generational trauma or you know Mm -hmm. they may have this misconception of okay you throw up your food you're gonna look skinnier you're gonna compete better right which is totally false but it is crazy yeah Yeah. and just i mean it's like i said it's been a long time since i've seen any of those you know, dramatic incidents, but Mm -hmm. there are still a couple of incidents where gymnasts, uh, had like, uh, she developed IBS 
from mm. getting bullied or humiliated humiliated by her coach. Um, she like would go into the gym and her coach would just like humiliate her in front of everyone and just say these awful things about her. And she would just be in the bathroom for hours. Wow. So, you know, and she tried to write um, safe sport and they were just like, uh, it's not enough evidence. Oh, da, 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 da. It's really hard. You know, it, it's really hard to get through to a case. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still out there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And there even are... just one case yeah. is one too exactly. many. Just why does that right. have to happen? No, I thank you so much for talking about this really, really important topic. And I hope mm-hmm. we can continue shedding light on it. And mm-hmm. um, I think there is a common stereotype that gymnastics is abusive or can be abusive. But what does yeah. that abuse look like? And not only that, how can we combat it? And the fact that you are coaching athletes now and you're setting a positive example of, you know, I can produce good athletes without abusing mm-hmm. them. Like, that's huge. Oh, and yes. we need to yes. have more and examples it keeps of that. Them want, it makes them want to be in the sport longer. Yeah. You know, I have gymnasts who are going to college now and she's been in the sport since she's four. Wow. That is See? so rare and she's 18. Yeah. So keep that love and passion that's that's the job i want to do yeah i want to teach them that for rhythmic gymnastics anyone can teach them skills anyone can teach them how to toss really right but at the end of the day i want to show them the beauty and the passion about gymnastics that's and to have them carry that throughout their whole life that's what's most important to me yeah Well, thank you so much, Pamela. This was amazing. Thank you you guys so, so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Athlete Voices podcast. We have new episodes coming every Tuesday, so stay up to date with that by clicking subscribe. You can follow us on our Instagram at Athlete Voices and check out our website, athletevoices.net, where we post feature articles about the guests on this podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.